This episode is part of the pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. It's one way we serve local officials through integrity, public service, fiscal responsibility, and operational excellence. As always, please direct specific questions about coverage to your member services manager. Welcome to episode 18 of the Risk Pool's Stronger Together podcast series. I'm your host, Scott Houston. In this episode, we'll talk about the basics of the Texas Public Information Act, which I'll refer to as the PIA. I first started as a TML attorney more than 20 years ago, and when I did, I met Alan Borquez. Alan was a TML attorney for a few years before I got there. He's still practicing municipal law with his own law firm, and he wrote a paper a while back on the PIA. I really liked the title of his paper, which is the same as this podcast title, quote, the information business. I always liked the way he framed a local official's duties under the PIA. Just like a local government may be in the business of providing utilities, maintaining roads, or providing public safety, or really any number of other services, you're also in the business of providing public information. So let's get to the basics of the law. For more detail, which there's a lot of, you should check out the Attorney General's Public Information Act Handbook and the other resources that are linked below this podcast. Before we start, I want to mention, even though probably most of you are aware, that elected or appointed local officials who serve on governing bodies that are subject to the Public Information Act and that entity's public information officer are required to take training on this law within 90 days of taking office. Uh, Of course, unlike required Open Meetings Act training, a local official can actually designate their PIO to take this training on their behalf. Even though that's true, it's probably worth watching the one-hour video course offered by the AG yourself if you're new to the law, and I've linked to that below the podcast as well. Okay, let's get into the substance of the law. The basic premise is that information held by a local government in essentially any format, is public information. And any person can request public information in writing, and that triggers deadlines under the PIA. So once you receive a written request for information, you've got a few options. Number one, you can release the information. How quickly do you have to do so? The law says promptly and without delay. In other words, as soon as is reasonably possible. Number two, you can ask the requester to clarify what they want. They don't have to do that, but this can make life easier for everyone if they do. And you'll hear more about this from our guests in a little bit. Number three, you can recover costs for gathering information, but there are very specific rules about how you do that. And you do have to provide a cost estimate to your requester if it's anticipated to be more than $40. And finally, number four, you can ask the attorney general whether you can withhold the information pursuant to an exception to disclosure in the law. State law has probably hundreds of types of information that either must be or can be withheld. For example, the home address of a peace officer is confidential and may not be disclosed. That's called a mandatory exception. Information about an ongoing law enforcement investigation may be withheld in certain instances, but it doesn't usually have to be withheld. That's what's called a permissive exception. But this is very important. You can't just decide to withhold information. Your entity has to, within 10 business days, write a letter to the attorney general asking to do so. Then, within five additional business days, you have to provide samples and make legal arguments 
showing which laws allow you to withhold the information. If you miss those deadlines, you typically waive any permissive exceptions to disclosure. There's so much more to talk about, but we obviously don't have time to cover it all in a 15-minute episode. I think the key takeaway is that pretty much every record you make in the course of your official duties is public, whether that's on paper, in a text, in an email or voicemail, or even in a social media post. That's true on your work devices and accounts, and it's also true for information on your private devices and accounts that relate to official business. Check out episode 17 to learn more about that part of the law. I next want to visit with some city secretaries to get their thoughts on the PIA. Welcome back. I'm now thrilled to visit with Amanda Campos, City Secretary for Burleson and the President of the Texas Municipal Clerks Association, Lee Woodward, City Secretary for LaPorte and Vice President of TMCA, and Lee's Public Information Analyst, Gladys Sanchez, is also joining us. And finally, Michelle Hicks, City Secretary in Waco and also a TMCA board member, is here. This is an amazing group representing an amazing organization. I've been involved with TMCA training efforts and their certification program for over two decades, and I have never seen a more dedicated group of city officials. I'm so excited. Thanks for joining us, guys. Let me just ask a few questions and see where we end up. First, what do you think is the most important thing a local official should know about the PIA? Amanda? I think the most important thing that I would like local officials to know is that it doesn't matter how you make a record, it's a record. So the median is not the important part of the record. It's the content of that. So it's an email, it's electronic, it's a paper copy, it's handwritten notes on top of the original contract that, you know, somebody wrote or scribbled out or something. It's all a record and it's all open. I mean, of course, we have some exceptions, but really, to be honest with you, that's the most important thing that I want to tell them is, You are constantly producing records. You just don't realize you're doing that. Gladys, would you like to add to Amanda's comment? So, yes, that's one of the things that we teach here at the City of LaPorte is a record is a record. Amanda said, like, the content that we're creating is a record. And even with our council, we let them know that anything they receive also becomes a record. Michelle? One of the most important things I try to tell my council and staff is... Not just everything's a record, but the con- what you say is a record. So if you don't want something bad to be in the newspaper because it was requested, then watch what you say on your records as well. So the content is probably one of the most important things I push. So you create all the records, but watch what you say in your records. So emails, make sure that it's something that's professional at all times and Even text messages, our emails and text messages have doubled over the last couple of years that have been requested. So we really push the content of what's in your records. And Lee, do you want to wrap this one up? Yeah, I would say two things. The first one is imagine it on the front page of the paper, whether you write it or you say it or whatever. Um, Just assume it's going to be on the front page of the paper tomorrow. And if that makes you think twice about it, then don't write it or say it. And secondly, I would say sometimes the Public Information Act gets a bad rap for 
you know, well, we just can't do business if we don't have the freedom to speak or the freedom to interact and debate these things. The work we do and the material we create already belongs to the public. It is theirs. We manage it. We create it. But it is not ours. And I think that's that's really something to keep in mind is that we are given a public trust for a reason. And with that comes the responsibility. Uh, but it is not ours that someone else is trying to take from us. It is theirs. And we are creating and managing and disposing of it. Hopefully properly. Lee, what you just said ties back to the title of this podcast, The Information Business. Like I said earlier, local governments are in that business, just like with any other service they provide. It's also interesting that you all said pretty much the same thing in response to that question. Don't write it down if you don't want everyone to see it. Let me now ask you this. What do you think is the most important thing a requester of information should know? Amanda and Gladys, do you want to take that one? I would say when I was thinking about this, it's the same thing that that I try to tell every requester now is be specific. We want to give you what you want, but we need you to be a little bit more specific. And I think that the catchphrase is any and all. We're like, okay, any and all is, is so broad and we would love to give you everything you need. If you want to spend hours reading through, you know, a thousand pages of emails, I'll, I'll print them out. I'll give them to you. I'll give them to you electronically. I'll drop them in the cloud, wherever you need them. But if you're specific and narrow that down to sender, receiver, date, frame, subject matter, whatever it is, we'll give that to you. So I really want to encourage all requesters, be specific. You don't know, call us. We want to help you. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, luckily, with when I send a requester an email for them to clarify, they they're really good at clarifying exactly what they need or they'll call and then I walk them through the process. So I talked a bit earlier about the strict deadlines under the act. How do y'all manage requests to ensure you respond to a request or uh, request an attorney general letter timely? We use GovQA. It's an online software. And we actually purposefully looked at this when we were about to implement the software. And what we decided was, PD was going to do theirs and the rest of the city was going to fall into my office. So you have to specify at the very beginning, do you want a PD record or general record? So we felt like that kind of took some burden off of trying to weed through to figure out where it needed to go. And then once we got it in, we actually have an interesting thing. and I don't know that any other city does it this way, is that all open records requests go to the director of that department where the records reside in. And the reason why they go to the director is then the director decides who's going to fulfill that records request. But when I pull reports for the city manager to tell him or the council how long records are taking to turn around, it's a different aspect when it's the director's name on there and not like development services, but it's actually the director of development services. Many larger entities have software, but most smaller ones may not need it. The bottom line, though, is you do need some method to keep track of your requests so you don't miss those deadlines. Okay, let's wrap up with what's the weirdest request you've received? Amanda, you want to take that one? We were at a council meeting and we had taken a recess because it had gone long. It was when we were doing 
uh, the gas wells, right? So we had many, many people in here because we were the part of the Barnett Shell. And so that really, we had a lot of people here from Burleson in there. And this lady walks up to me with this napkin and she hands me this napkin and scribbled on the napkin is, this is an open records request. And I'm like, okay, so I'm reading now. I'm thinking it's going to be something pertinent to like what is going on, right? Because it's so contentious. You can feel it in the air. And her request is, I want to know what the council had for dinner tonight because I only had peanuts and I'm hungry. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I, I will tell you what they had. I said, but I have granola bars in the back. Would you like some granola bars? And so I, wanted, I, mean, I didn't fulfill it. Of course, she was like, yeah, that's fine. And we winded up passing out waters and granola bars. And then from then on, we had snacks. Wow. See what I mean? That's customer service. That's professionalism. Let's go over our action items for today's episode. For this episode, I think reminders might be a better term than action items. So reminder number one, understand that just about any information that's created relating to official business is subject to the Public Information Act. And without any prompting, that's what all of my guests today hit on. If you don't want it in the headlines, don't write it down. Reminder number two. Remember that the PIA has strict deadlines and missing them can mean you have to release information you might not have wanted to. The only way to withhold something is if the AG has told you you can. And Lee said this about the time to release information when we visited with her. There's a lot of confusion about the 10 days. You know, that you have 10 days to respond, and blah, blah, blah. And what gets missed is what do you lose if you miss the 10 days? You lose your ability to make sort of some discretionary exceptions. You may lose your ability to appeal to the AG, those kinds of things. And that gets lost in this departmental discussion of we have 10 days. I can put that to the side or I'm on vacation. I can't get to that this week. Well, you need to make sure that it, it gets addressed. Finally, reminder number three, you are in the information business. The information you hold and manage belongs to the public. Yes, some of it can be withheld for very important reasons, but you want to be professional and help requesters figure out the process. And that's something the Municipal Clerks Association is so good at, mentoring and training city secretaries to be the consummate professionals they are. I hope you had fun. We'll visit again soon. To review written materials associated with the presentation or to ask Scott a question, please visit www.tmlirp.org and click on the Stronger Together podcast link. Please remember that the information in this episode is provided for informational purposes only and doesn't constitute legal advice. We recommend that you review the podcast and the accompanying written materials with your attorney prior to taking action.